0: The following podcast contains strong language and discussion of enslavement, genitalia, and violence. It's in the book.
1: Hello, My name is Jay Sylvan. I am a Unitarian Universalist minister. My pronouns are they, them, and I know the Bible pretty well.
0: I'm David Waters. I'm Minister for Education at King's Chapel, and I know the Bible pretty well as well.
2: I'm Sue Buzzard. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am a layperson, and I really only know the hits from the Bible and the stuff that makes you go to services for holidays. All the pop culture thing. But you're married to me. And so you're forced to listen to this stuff. That's right. Mm. Uh, I think you mean I get to listen to this stuff. Mm. Love
1: it. Yeah, the way I love this... you. Oh, I love you too. I, I know. Too. <laughs> Even though it's been a hard few years. Because <laughs> of the world. Not because of, of us. Of you. Yeah. Oh I my know. God. Yeah. No,
2: because <laughs> the world is, is tough. But you know what's great? This podcast.
1: Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. The way this show works is I tell a story from the Bible. David and I talk about it and Sue reacts to it. And by and large, she has never heard these stories before.
2: Yeah. There, you know, there's a lot more stories in this book than I realized. I it's had no idea. It's
1: thick. Yeah. That's why nobody reads it. Yeah, but it's, you know,
2: <laughs> it's got a lot of hidden gems and that's Boy. why I'm glad we're doing there's this. There's a lot
1: of hidden gems. Yeah. What are you eating? It looks like a jar of jam. <laughs>
0: A jar of jam. I like to sustain myself (laughs) with jam while we do this podcast. Yes, Uh, because it's my jam. High
1: sugar. See what I did there? Oh my Mm. god! That was terrible.
0: I'm sorry. I want to know what it is. It's a gin smoothie.
1: Okay, great, love it.
0: Oh, you bet. That's way better than jam. We've talked about. We've We've had. You've made us gin smoothies. Of course, of course. Yeah, Yeah, gummy bears. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Gummy bears.
1: There you go. Mm. Are those sour ones?
0: It's a mix. I, you
1: know, I like to mix now. Oh, so wow. I buy a
0: big bag
1: matured. of regulars. <laughs> I
0: buy a big bag of sours and I mix them all together. And sometimes mm-hmm. I get the star mix. It's delightful. Awesome. It's
2: like a roulette. It's great. Indeed. All right. We should okay, stop. Yeah, let's, okay. So okay.
1: go to um, so. Previously in the Bible. It's in the book.
0: Previously in the Bible.
1: So Jacob goes to his uncle Laban's house and falls in love with Rachel, Laban's youngest daughter. And Laban is like, you can have her in exchange for working for me for seven years. And Jacob works for him for seven years, but then Laban gives him his older daughter, Leah, instead. And Jacob's like, what the fuck? And Laban is like, look, I'll give you Rachel too, if you promise to work for me for another seven years. And Jacob's like, okay. So now he has two sister wives, but he only loves Rachel and God feels bad for Leah because she's in love. So he opens her womb and she has a ton of sons and also a daughter. Also, both sisters take their handmaids and they give them to Jacob as wives and they have more sons. And even though Rachel is barren at first, like so many other matriarchs, eventually she also has a son. So there's a shit ton of kids. And Jacob is like, okay, I served you, Laban, enough time. Can I please go home now? And Laban tries to dig him over again. But then Jacob does some magic and he ends up rich and he leaves and he sneaks out with his family at night and takes all of his stuff because he doesn't trust Laban. Can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. Laban hm. catches up to them and accuses Jacob of stealing his household idols, like his little deities. Mm-hmm. And Jacob is like, "What the fuck? No one stole your idols. Search around. If anyone stole it, may they die. What Jacob mm. didn't know is that Rachel has stolen the idols, but she That's hides them from her father by sitting on the idols on a cushion and telling her father that she's having her period. Lab- never
2: gets old. it
1: never gets old. Mm-hmm. so Laban and Jacob, Covenant to not fuck with each other anymore, and Jacob and his family move on. And here we are. So,
2: real quick thing: what from last time? I was singing the song from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, where they go over all of Jacob's children's names, and it's like, oh, Jacob and sons, da da da, and all this stuff. And um I was like ticking off the names in my head as y'all were saying like, and then this son was born and he was named this because it's a pun, lots of puns. And I was like, what about Benjamin? And you were like, we'll get to Benjamin. But did we ever get to Benjamin?
1: We will get to Benjamin. Okay, great. We're still
2: waiting to get to Benjamin. That's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to touch base about that. Waiting for
1: Benjamin. Sue, what do you know about wrestling with God? And just in general, what do you know about Jacob? Because I know that you said, oh, when does all this stuff happen to Jacob that I've heard about from a musical?
2: Honestly, I surmised from listening to the soundtrack of the musical and seeing the musical that Jacob was a man of wealth and he had many children, And he just seemed like he had this really good spot, this like well-to-do. Like he was a pillar of the community in Canaan and like good stuff was going on. And he had uh, many children and lots of land and like lots of obviously sheep and fleece. And he's like, we are doing well, go us. We're kind of wealthy. That's kind of what I surmised. I was like, Jacob seems well off. But what I know of Jacob is just him later in his life. I'm like, hey, you're Joseph's dad. And like when Joseph seems to be dead, you're real sad. And um, Mm. also in a song, he says that Joseph's mother was his favorite wife. And I'm like, I Mm. wonder if that's true or if it's just a lyric in the
1: song. Don't Um, you remember? about how Rachel was the one he loved, and he didn't like Leah. And oh, I oh, I just put it together. Yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> that is true. That's excellent. Yeah, Thanks that's for accurate. time
2: that back. Because I just want you to know that, like in the musical, as far as I recall, and I recall it pretty well, the name of Joseph's mother is never mentioned. So fucking
1: Andrew Lloyd Webber man. I wow. don't. I mean, to be like, listen it, to be
2: fair, there's like a lot of detail in all of these hard. stories.
1: Uh, can I and just the say, musical is about Joseph and his life and the code. It is and... hard to be. more... More sexist than the Bible mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and yet Andrew Son Lloyd Webber,
0: he, <laughs> he figured it out, he, he cracked the code. Yeah. <laughs> like literally Hashtag the lyric, matriarch <laughs> erasure. <racer. laughs>
2: but genuinely the lyric in the song is Joseph's mother. She was quite my favorite wife. I never really loved another all my life. That's all I know. Other question. What do I know about wrestling with God? If there is stuff to know about it, I have not learned it. When you say wrestling with God, I imagine it is kind of about a challenge of trusting in God's will. It's like kind of feel like like you're being tested by
0: God's will.
1: No, it's literally wrestling with God, though. So we're going to get into it.
0: My More mouth <clears throat> my mouth is a man- gape <laughs> right now. <laughs> It is an interesting question though, because it's like, God, but is it God? Like, or is it yeah. a man who's this like not quite it
1: angel? is actually, it is, it is unclear. Yeah. And we'll talk yeah. about that.
2: It makes me think of some like weird Zeus shit, where it's like, Did you know mm-hmm. that Zeus turned into like a goose and like did some <laughs> weird stuff? And I'm like, God, I didn't think you were like going to get all Zeus up in here. It okay, just we sounds like we're about to talk about an instance where God takes material form on earth, mm-hmm. and that always mm-hmm. seems like a really big deal, so I am surprised that I've never heard of it before.
1: It's not that big of a deal, though, oh, in, okay. in Genesis, right? Because we've had, you know, in the Garden of Eden, he's just, like, walking around, and they mm-hmm. hear oh, him, yeah. and they can hide from him, and then, you know, he shows up at Abraham's tents. Mm-hmm. and Abraham's I for- like, hey, I'm going to kill a fat added calf for you <laughs> and he's like great i'm hungry yeah. you know, like, <laughs> oh god you're Let's here eat. so laban has just gone home good
0: and
1: what Jacob, a jerk right and i don't think we hear from him for the rest of the story so that's great fantastic works for me and uh jacob continues on his way And then he is intercepted by messengers of God. So messengers is what's usually translated as angels. And it's also a lot of people in these books in Genesis, they interpret the messengers of God or the angels of God as just being God taking a physical form. Some people interpret them as like avatars of God almost.
2: Ah, okay.
1: Or like aspects of God he's intercepted by angels of God and he sees them and is like, I'm going to name this place Mahanayim because it's God's camp and it's a pun. And so this is a double story alert. Remember, they like to double their stories and mm-hmm. compare and contrast and see what you get by doubling them. And then Jacob sends messengers ahead to his brother Esau. Do you remember Esau?
2: Oh, yeah. He was really hairy and yeah. he got totally screwed over when it came to like bloodline and and blood right. right. And, and, and why would you mad Jacob- bro?
1: Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> why Jacob... Left. Oh,
2: yeah, because he says, like, I am totally going to
1: kill you. Right.
2: Uh, and Jacob's like, I don't want that to happen. And well, his Rebecca mom... didn't want to <laughs> was... Yeah. As mom Rebecca was like, I don't want that to happen yeah. either, Defo. So
1: see ya. So Jacob went away to Laban's house mm-hmm. because he thought Esau was going to kill him for mm-hmm. stealing his birthright.
2: But hopefully now Esau has cooled down.
1: Let's see. Let's find out. So Jacob sends his messengers ahead to his brother Esau, and he says, "Tell Esau, your servant Jacob says, I stayed with Laban until now." I've got cattle, sheep, and servants, and I'm sending this message to you in hopes of finding your favor. And he's speaking very deferentially. The messengers come back and they're like, hey, Esau is going to come and meet you himself with a group of 400 dudes. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> could go
2: uh, could go away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> could go away, could go not away.
1: So Jacob is quite nervous about this, so he divides all the people and animals with him into two camps because he's like, well, if Esau attacks one, at least the other might survive. Then Jacob says, God of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, who told me to do this, you're too kind to me. I crossed the Jordan with only a staff. And there's a lot of like foreshadowing to Moses here with like the splitting things yeah. and the, the crossing the Jordan with a staff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I thought. See, you know Moses too, because there was also a musical about Moses. <laughs> so, and now, so, and, and he's like, and now I have two camps. Save me from my brother Esau, God, for I am scared of him that he may come and fuck me up and fuck my family up, even though you said in the past that I'd have a bajillion offspring. So they spend the night where they are and Jacob makes a gift basket for Esau and he tells his servants to wait with them and tell Esau they're a gift from his brother Jacob who is right behind us
0: but speaking so, of echoes yeah the gift basket has 200 female goats for Esau it was two female goats that he gave to his dad to swindle the inheritance mom's like like, hey bring me two female goats now he's turning around and giving 200 female goats to Esau but that is that that is good well and he's also sending them like piece by piece by piece and when he was getting the blessing from dad he's like hey hurry up and eat this stuff so you can give me my blessing you know (laughs) but now it's like oh let's put some space between this so he gets it like a time at a time at a time at yeah. a time. And maybe he'll cool up and not kill me by the time right. he gets mm-hmm. to me. Such Even though it's already been like
1: 25 years. but, like, yeah. <laughs> but And this is going to be, this, this, be extra, mad. Yeah, <laughs> this extra time. <laughs> it says that Jacob hopes that the gifts coming first will soften Esau to him. So the servants take the gifts to Esau and Jacob stays at the camp. But later that night, he takes his two wives and his his two maidservants and his 11 sons, uh, doesn't mention Dina, but that's fine, and sends them across the ford of the Jabbok, is how it's rendered in English, along with all his possessions. So they send him across the river, and it says, Jacob was left all by himself. And it says, then a man wrestled with him till dawn. Now I am gonna Just get
2: cut suddenly to wrestling with man till dawn.
1: Yeah. Okay. So okay, here I spent a lot of time looking up these words because they're highly homosexual. But um <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> what is what is translated as wrestled a Bach, is a weird word that doesn't occur often and it seems to come from a root that means dust. So I guess the idea is they got dirty, like dusty, which is a euphemism if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, but we'll come
1: back to this. It says when the, the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched or struck. And this is like, these, these words are very tenuous in their translation he touched the hollow of his hip mm-hmm. so that the hollow of his hip was dislocated as he wrestled or got dirty with him.
2: Oh, shit. He or, popped his hip out.
1: Yeah, that is how people tend to translate it. It could also mean thigh. Uh-huh. So that's how it's translated, right? But when you look at the word, it also, rock, it also alludes to a loin or the reproductive place. It's the same word that when Abraham says, put your hand under my thigh and swear to me, right? Oh, So it also definitely does mean what we think of as hip and thigh also, but also sometimes it means like the reproductive place. They didn't have the same sort of categorization of body parts, at least in language, I guess that we do and the dislocated word is also pretty rare and it looks like it's only used in this way literally here and other times it's used about being spiritually isolated or alienated so what i'm saying Hmm. is we might actually not know what it means in this in this context context Mm. so it says the man says, let me go for dawn is breaking. And Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Oh my God. Daddy issues, Jacob. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: it's like That was
1: like 20 years ago. He's like
0: Move
2: on. Yeah.
1: The man is like, what's your name? And Jacob says, Jacob. And the man is like, you will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, which means he who wrestles with God, Ooh. because you have wrestled with gods and humans and prevailed. And Jacob's like, okay, tell me your name. And the man's like, how are you going to ask me my name? Dude. And he blesses him there. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like, dude, you're not, you're not picking up what I'm putting yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not very bright, are you?
1: So Jacob names the place Peniel, the face of God, because he says, I've seen God face to face. And my life has been saved, spared, delivered. Again, who the fuck is this? Is it God? Is it an angel? According to Michael Carden in the Queer Bible Commentary in Christianity, it's assumed to be God, but in Judaism, it's traditionally an angel. The sun was rising just as he passed Penuel, and he was limping upon his hip. So here we get into the really stuff where we don't know what this means, because it says... This is why the children of Israel or the Israelites don't eat. And it says the sinew of the, it's usually it's translated, at least in this translation as the sinew of the vein in the hollow of the thigh to this day, because the hollow of Jacob's thigh was touched at the sinew of the vein. Okay. Okay. So I looked this up to what they translate as sinew yad does look like it means something close to what we think of as sinews sometimes it's explicitly tied to the loins In Job, it's tied to the loins, and sometimes it seems more general, like in the resurrection scene in Ezekiel. And the word that they translate as vein, Nase, according to the BDB dictionary, it is very dubious and it only appears here. What if so, like (laughs) this sinew of the vein in the hollow of the thigh could potentially be the closest thing to a literal word for penis that the Bible has. Because okay, in my in my Opinion. Mm -hmm. because usually what the Bible says when the Bible talks about penises, it's like foot or hand or thigh or whatever. (laughs) But then we're saying- It's a word that
2: means some other totally different body part. Right,
1: yeah. But like here we're talking about a sinew in the loin and some sort of veiny word that we don't really know what it means. Mm -hmm. And it's like the children of Israel don't eat it. And I'm like, okay, what are the children of Israel? not Like, I don't know. This is gonna be part of my PhD. Thesis like, that I'll write one day about yeah. <laughs> the invention of the penis. Sorry, that was a penis side <laughs> note.
2: It's okay. I also, I'm like, why can't you just say penis? I don't know why. I'm curious about it.
1: Mm, whatever well, language just worked differently back then. Like that, you know, this was not. Yeah, long- and that's
2: really cool honestly. Yeah,
1: I mean, think about this wasn't close to when oral language was originating, but it was not that that long after written language was originating. Mm-hmm. So language was still in beta in a lot of ways.
2: Wow. <laughs> that's right. really and yeah. that's also really important to know as we read these stories and tell these stories and share them. We're like language was not always the same all the time. You can't just do this like direct translation from millennia ago and have it mean exactly the same thing. Yeah. you know.
1: So now Jacob comes home, he raises his eyes and he sees Esau coming with 400 people with him. Jacob divides the children between Leah, Rachel and the two maids, and he puts the maids and their children first, Leah and her children second. And Rachel and Joseph last, because they're his faves. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, well, if he's going to kill everybody, <laughs> this is the order. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then he
1: uh, went and bowed in front of his brothers seven times. And Esau, Esau ran to greet him and fell on his neck and kissed him and cried. Aww. So, yeah. Side note, there's a fun fan theory that Esau's a vampire. He <laughs> falls on his neck. And he was wow. really into red stuff, and he's ah, red, wow. like,
0: "Wow, that, that is wow.
1: not oh, man." Is I there do some not website somewhere with
0: like vampire fanfic? For Esau?
1: There absolutely must be. I sure hope so. Okay, if, if you're listening and you know of any <laughs> fan fiction about Esau yeah. the Vampire, please send it to me. Let
2: us know. I yeah.
1: would like so. to really want to see this now. So Esau saw the women and children and said, who are these with you? And Jacob said, the children with whom God has favored your servant. Again, he's speaking very submissively and very differently. Mm -hmm. And the maids and their children come forward and bow and Leah and her children come forward and bow. And then Rachel and Joseph come forward and bow. And Esau says, what are you intending to do with this group I'm meeting? And Jacob says, to gain my Lord's favor. Again, very different. And Esau says, I have plenty, my brother. Let what you have be yours. Oh, It's like, hey,
2: I'm good.
1: This is for you. I've grown up and I have my own life and I'm happy. And you have, Mm. you got your stuff going on, your thing. (laughs) You
0: got your stuff.
1: I've come to peace with what has happened Mm. between us. And I have accepted my lot in life. And Jacob's like, okay, but please accept this gift for me because seeing you is like seeing God and you've received me so kindly. Dang, really laying out on thick, Jacob. Mm, yeah. And it says, I mean, I
2: get it. You know, he thought he was going to die. So.
1: <laughs> and Esau accepts. Esau's like, okay, let's all continue together. But Jacob's like, look, my flocks are fragile. And if I push them too hard, they will die. So you go on ahead and I'll come at the pace of the flocks and the children and I will meet you there. And Isa is like, okay, let me assign you some of my guys here to help. And Jacob's like, mm. no, I couldn't.
2: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: goes back and Jacob makes a pit stop in a place called Sukkot and mm. makes booths out for his cattle, which is a pond. Uh, and that is why the place so is many called puns. Sukkot. Sukkot. Sukkot means booth. So then it says, Jacob comes and camps in the city of Shechem and sets up an altar there and calls it El God of Israel. So is that it? That is all we're talking about for today. Cool. That is the story of today. Oh, awesome. And final thoughts. So the wrestling with God scene. I am by far not the only one to say Hmm. this is gay. Okay, there is.
2: No, 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 I totally agree with you. I'm like, like yeah, obviously. There
1: is Theodore Jennings and Jacob's Wound. You know, that is the title of the book, Jacob's Wound, right? Though it's only a small part of the book. There is a book called Wrestling with God and Men Homosexuality in the Jewish Tradition. And that's why this title sounded really familiar because I've seen that
2: book on your shelf. Yeah,
1: by Steven Greenberg. Mm-hmm. Even that it's not even really about Jacob, but this scene is so iconically queer that people tend to use it as a title when they're like, I'm gonna talk about queer shit yeah. in the Bible.
0: Mm, <laughs> you know there's def- I definitely have an anthology on my shelf called Wrestling with the Angel and it's Queer men's experience with faith and religion
1: Jacob Epstein the sculptor who he's actually the sculptor who did Oscar Wilde's tombstone in Père Lachaise hey uh, but he also did a famous sculpture of Jacob wrestling with the angel and it's real gay it's just very sexy <laughs> like I, I recommend everybody
2: look just lots <laughs> of like muscly muscles yeah just like, just, like mm. look it up I flexing. mean
1: I mean, it's sexy in an art deco way. Oh, so it's, okay. they're a little blocky, but it's still like very, <laughs> very <little>
0: sexy. Plus <laughs> um, curves, more block.
1: So am I saying all wrestling is gay? Yes, but like, no, <laughs>
0: like,
1: like, I don't know. At least for a modern audience, it certainly seems to read that way.
2: As you were saying that, I was just thinking about how I was like, wow,
1: there's a lot of
2: queer readings in the Bible. There's a lot mm. of queerness to take from it you know coming from the perspective of having a history where the bible has been weaponized against queer people it's really opening my eyes a lot more to a lot of the queerness that's in there and it's also kind of making me think like in this day and age i feel like we really kind of polarize like stuff that is queer and stuff that is not queer and i'm hearing these stories and hearing you know the two of you you know talk about them at length and in depth and about the reading that you've done And it's kind of just giving me a sense of like, maybe it wasn't so polarized at a different time and place and culture in human history. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just like things that people did. And I'm wondering if, if, you know, this (laughs) has a different meaning and a different significance than what we look at it today as like queerness. It's like, it's gay or it's not gay. And I'm like, what more can we take from this? Like, what else does this mean? To us, to humans, or or to to people at the time that it was documented and these stories were told, I'm I'm finding myself in a place more of curiosity, not about the polarizing of like queer or not queer and like how how many queer things can we find in the Bible to like mm. add to our to our mm-hmm. queer <laughs> quota and like Heck, get more yeah. queer points. <laughs> I mostly like
0: queer points.
2: I'm mostly curious about how many times these instances come up and what it means and what it meant and finding myself wondering about that. And what was the meaning for people back then? Or did it even really have a big meaning? Was it kind of just like this type of thing happened? It it, it was as as normal and as woven naturally into the fabric of everyday life as herding sheep and sacrificing goats,
0: I don't know. Mm. I think that's a great question. And I think part of it is that we don't know the answer. Short of time traveling back there, we won't know. But what we do know is that not only are there scenes that can be read as queer in the Bible, by which we mean to our modern kind of queer sensibilities, but there's also, I think, a way of reading that is queer. Mm, And so that, too, really interests me. David Foreman doesn't take credit for this. He he credits another teacher of his, but he looks at the story of Rebecca and Jacob and this whole blessing business, right? And he says, now, what if they didn't actually mean to trick Isaac? And you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, well, if you do a close reading, when she sends him off, she says, look, you gotta go because you've tricked Esau and he's gonna be mad, bro's gonna be mad. And the rabbi's like, well, why is she throwing him under the bus? Like, wasn't this her idea? And then he goes back and reads closely and and sees that actually, nowhere does she explicitly tell him to fool anyone, right? And so maybe it was a really long draw short. Maybe it was like, no, she just wanted him to like go give his dad some food and prove that he could be the doer, the quote unquote oh, doer, right? Like Esau nice. was. And he traces it further back. He's like, what's the motivation for this? Well, note that when the twins were named, they both name Esau Esau, but only Isaac names Jacob, Jacob. And Jacob is like crooked, going for the heel, right? Blah, blah, blah. And Rebecca loves Jacob and isn't fond of this name. And what her ultimate goal is to get him to have a new name slash sense of identity. And so it's Hmm. then it becomes this whole long game of like, that's what she wants for him, is to get out of this like crooked heel grabber identity and live into another identity such that he can sort of live into what was prophesied if we, you know, depending on how we read the prophecy, right, that he's going to be the one. If you then read the story through that lens, again, these stories that we've kind of like heard, before, some of us have heard before and read before, and so we're already anticipating the ending. But if you go and you read it like you don't know the ending, then this wrestling with this angel slash God wherein he not only gets a blessing, but he gets a new name, right? Mm -hmm. The name that he's gonna now live into, the name of the nation, right? Mm -hmm. This then Uh, is the fulfillment of what Rebecca was after. So Rebecca then, Rebecca herself is transformed from a schemer into a, a mother who wants the best for her son. And her son then is transformed from a trickster into a person who is himself transforming and growing and trying to live into this, this sort of fullness of his personhood. Um, and to get there requires a kind of queer sensibility, right? To get there requires that you let go of what you've heard and the received notions that you've gotten all this time mm. and you mm-hmm. embrace a kind of liminal reading space where you suspend your knowledge of what's supposed to be and you embrace a sense of possibility. And I think that is as much as scenes that we can read as queer, if we read queerly, right? Mm -hmm. We will then find in this text untold layers.
1: Well, and I also wanna just, Add another layer of queerness on that. Thinking about Jacob, is he a trickster or is he a kid trying to live into this full identity or new identity or new potential? You know, Rebecca, is she a schemer or is she somebody Mm -hmm. who loves her son and wants him? Why not both? Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. exactly. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Because when you look at this business of name changing, when Abram's name changes to Abraham, the text doesn't go back, right? It's like once Abram becomes Abraham, he's Mm -hmm. Abraham, right? But again, when Jacob becomes Israel, he doesn't stay Israel, right? It goes back and forth. in Mm -hmm. a very queer way, right?
1: Jacob (laughs) is
0: Israel, but guess what? He's also Jacob, right? Mm -hmm. And so in that way, Jacob himself contains multitudes
1: as somebody who i have changed my name legally once and not legally multiple times Mm -hmm. there's something about like there's the new culture of the way you respect a trans person is by always calling them their new name and their Mm -hmm. old name is always their dead name and if you say Mm -hmm. it you're doing harm to them or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think there is truth to that, you know, and for some people, that is the way it is. This is my new name. And if you mm-hmm. say my old name, this is this is a violence to me. And maybe this is just me being old, but I kind of miss... The old school thing of having multiple names and having mm. multiple identities that you live into based on who you're with mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. What, where you are, where, where you what are, you're or what you're doing.
2: I wonder if that still is present in places. I wonder it if is, it's, yeah. it is,
1: but it's not part of the dominant
2: narrative of queer culture.
1: Not, not the one that I see. If that's how you feel and if and if mm-hmm. you say like, oh, this is my name now and if you call me my my dead name, then that is harmful to me. I accept that and I, mm. I believe in that. but I don't think that's everybody's experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah because
1: it's not mine. I, I don't yeah. like being called an old name that I no longer identify with, but I also currently have three different names that I'm using mm. <laughs> in different mm-hmm. situations. yeah and I actually enjoy that.
2: Mm-hmm, I do yeah. have
1: old names that I don't want anybody to call me
2: that aren't as I see a part of your identity or a right. part of your current life
0: now
1: Exactly but I do I do like the the fluidity of being able to live into multiple identities mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought that up. I think it's really interesting to think about that. And I think of pop culture. I'm thinking namely of the new Queer's Folk on Peacock. There's several trans characters in that show and that comes up and when they do like flashbacks to to previous years when the person's name is mentioned the, it's there's silence, right? There's hmm. not a beeping, but there's silence, right? So in that way, right, it's set up as you alluded to, Jay, that it's like, okay, there was this and now there's this, right? And it's this kind of binary.
1: I don't know. Like if I say anything else about the idea that like the dead name must never be spoken ever again people are gonna tell me i'm not trans enough to talk about it so i'll i'll just stop
0: it's i mean it's it's respecting that as you have said pretty clearly and straightforwardly like people have different experiences you know the project is not to define one experience for everyone Mm -hmm. the project is to try to understand more fully your experience hold that experience up against another person's experience in encounter and abide in the differences.
1: That's queer. That's <laughs> queer.
0: There it is.
1: So, honey. Yes. Do you want to wrap up? What do you remember? Tell, tell us the story.
2: Yeah, I remember crossing some land, Jacob and his wives and maidens and children and all of their sheeps. I'm sorry, I don't exactly remember how this encounter happened, but like he tells people, he's like, hey, uh, I'm here and I'm e- e- ja- Esau. Esau, dang it. Mm-hmm. that's fine. Esau. Um, I'm Esau's brother. I- I'm back. Uh. You tell him, tell him that we're here, but like no rush. It's fine. Tell him that we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go and then they bring the message back being like, Esau will be here tomorrow with 400 guys. Um, Jacob's like, oh shit, he is mm-hmm. going to destroy me and so he takes his wealth and his sheep and his land and he like sends them away to a place where they can be safe
1: or something close enough close enough
2: <laughs> and he's there with his family and his children and then night happens and then he he wrestles with some guy mm-hmm. and then uh there's wrestling and there's wrestling and Jacob wins and uh something about like his hip gets dislocated and then also there's like, they touch like this vein and sinew and we think it's Dick. We think like that's what's going on. It's actually his Dick. And then, but then, you know, the- I think it's his dick. Um, <laughs> the person who uh, Jacob is wrestling with is like, yo, you won. Way to beat me at wrestling. Jacob's like, who are you? And he's like, you really like don't get who I am, do you? I'm God basically. Um, but he blesses him in some way and it's really great. And then Esau shows up the next day with all of his peeps and he hugs his brother. And he's like, I'm
1: so glad you're here.
2: Jacob's like, who dodged a bullet. Hmm. And he's like, hello, I'm going to use very subservient language because you are older and I am younger. And like, let's not bring up all that awkwardness but like, don't kill <laughs> me. Here uh, are my wives and, my ch- and the people who made my babies and my children, here they are in the order that i would prefer you to kill them if you wanted to kill them
0: (laughs) oh my god
2: (laughs) um and he's like no we're good come on let's go And he's like okay great well you just go ahead like my sheep they're really my flocks are really fragile Ooh, they're so slow Uh, sorry achy feet so we're just gonna take our time getting to you but we're gonna get to you but you go ahead you go ahead and we'll be there and that's what i remember cool close enough Works. works
1: for me
0: Next time on, it's in the book, The Violation of Dina.
1: Hello, hello! You guessed it, Jay here. I'm so glad that you are back, and that we are back, and that you are listening to us talk about the Bible in a queer way. If you enjoy the Bible being looked at in a queer way, you might also enjoy Beloved King, a queer Bible musical. It is still in development. However, last year we released an EP of six of the songs called Songs from Beloved King, a queer Bible musical, as well as a wonderful music video for the song Adonai. Adonai is Hebrew for my Lord. It is based off of the part of 1 Samuel where Jonathan and David first meet and fall in love. You can watch it at BelovedKingMusical.com. A huge thanks to my Patreon supporters. I am not exaggerating when I say you are the reason that this is still happening right now. If anyone else out there would like to join this illustrious coterie, you can check out Patreon.com slash Sylvan. If that's not something you're interested in or able to do, shares, rates and reviews, all of these things help. This show would help the music video, just general spreading the word. I appreciate you no matter what. You can feel free to follow me on Instagram at j.sylvan.themself or Beloved King at Beloved King Musical. That's all I can think of to tell you today. We will see you next time. Be well and blessings.